Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today, Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I happen to be that fella, and we're excited to be in the Word of God today in the book of Galatians, rather the letter to the Galatian churches, plural, and uh, it's, I believe, a letter that's uh, as much... Of rele- has as much relevance today for us as it ever did for the church, uh, churches in uh, Galatia back in those days because of where the church is today. Uh, thinking it's going on the right track, but it's been thwarted and, and pulled away from the faith and back under law many times. And I speak from experience myself. But anyway, we're glad to be here today on this beautiful Friday morning. I hope you'd get your Bible and follow along with us and and uh, see what the Lord would have to say to you today. I promise you He's got something to say to you. He wants you to learn His Word. He wants you to hear it. And then He wants you to submit to Him so that He can apply it to your life. And that is called learning. Amen. Well, today is uh, the 9th of March, 2018. It's our 18th session. We're still in the chapter Two of Galatians, and it took us a year uh, to get through Ephesians, so we'll just see about Galatians, and that's a very important letter, and our physical address is 610 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572. Our website is thecrosswaychurch.com. My YouTube channel is Curtis Hutchinson 316. And uh, I'm just excited about all the, the different avenues God has given us to put the truth out among the people of the world. For whosoever has ears to hear, uh, let them hear the Word of God today, what the Spirit is saying in these last days. And, uh, and uh, people are finding us online and, and being blessed through the, the truth of the gospel that's being preached and taught here at Crossway Church. And... Uh, uh, sowing even into the ministry, and I'm thankful for all of you online that do. So uh, let's get in the Word this morning. Let's pray and ask the Lord to give us what we need, that daily bread we desperately need today. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to have your Word laid open before us, knowing that you desire to speak to us, Lord, even greater, a greater desire, Lord, than we have to hear from you. So I pray, Lord, that our desire today to hear from you would, would eat, get close to that which you you have to to give us our daily bread today and to see us walking in truth and and receiving again today the love of the truth we pray for a greater revelation of jesus and what he accomplished for us at calvary the liberty and the freedom we have and we pray that you would bring the understanding from your word into our hearts today and we ask it all in the name of jesus and everybody said amen amen last week uh we we kind of rush through at the end there a little bit, so I want to back up and we'll start reading in verse 11, chapter 2, uh, Galatians, verse 11. But when Peter was come in to Antioch, I withstood him face to face because he was to be blamed. And bef- so he goes on to say, for before that certain came from James, uh, it just means that church, and we'll see in a minute that really James didn't send him, or he says he didn't anyway. He did eat with the Gentiles, but when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If you, being a Jew, live after the manner of Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why are you compelling the Gentiles to live as the Jews do? And so what happened here was, and we'll get into it and we'll go through my notes, but what happened was... Uh, Peter was in Antioch. Why? We're not really told whether he invited himself to minister or if the people of Antioch invited him to minister. But he was there enjoying the the liberty and the freedom uh, that the gospel had brought to him, his salvation through faith in Christ. And and, uh, he was there enjoying the liberty that the Gentiles were also enjoying, just eating and celebrating with them. But when the people from the Judaizers from Jerusalem showed up, uh, the Bible there says... 
he feared them in verse 12. He feared those. And, 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 and we'll see today that you have to be careful not to fear those who are not living in the liberty that you're living in, that you've been given through faith. And that's a, that's a tough trial. That's a tough temptation to when folks who don't have the liberty you have, they're bound under the law, still living under the law. I should say dying under the law because the only place to live is under grace. Uh, but but w- when you get around them, you've you got to pay attention to your own self and how you're acting. And we'll see that in the Scripture today. So uh, let's start with verse 12. For before that certain came from James... Before they got there, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And clearly here Paul is revealing to all that because Peter feared those under the law, the enemy through them was allowed to steal his liberty, and through him would steal the liberty of others. And this thing is always a chain reaction. If you're living in the liberty of the gospel through your faith in the cross alone, others are going to be affected by that, just like Barnabas was by Paul and Titus and, and, and Silas and Timothy and all those that had re- received the truth of the gospel, been saved, and were enjoying the liberty of the truth. And uh, But if you're not careful, we have, just like Peter did, when folks who are bound under the law show up, uh, we, fear enters our hearts. And people are watching you. And you're a leader whether you realize it or not. Well, I might not be the pastor. I might not lead the praise and worship team. And I might not be that kind of leader. But all Christians are leaders. You are leading if you're a child of God. You're the head and not the tail. You're blessed going out and coming in. You are a leader if you're a Christian and people are watching you. And it's quite a challenge when walking out of the bondage you have uh, been given. Uh, Let me just read it. It is quite a challenge when walking out of the bondage you have been under for so long. And the greatest test will be to live out this liberty in front of the ones who have refused to come out themselves. That'll be one of the greatest trials you have, is to get around those relatives like you do at Christmas and Thanksgiving and birthday parties and all that other stuff, and they know that you're all about this cross now, this what you call the truth of the gospel, and, and they're still caught up in all their works and all their doing and, and all these things and a lot of false doctrine, and there's, a, there's friction there. There's a little turmoil there, and if you're not careful, fear will grip your heart and overtake you because you make become more concerned about being their relative in good standing than you are experiencing the liberty and freedom you have in Christ. And we don't dare want to let their bondage pull us into bondage with them. And that's exactly what happened here. That's exactly what happened. And so, uh, and I and I wanted to read this scripture because uh, we've kind of been being a little bit too hard on Pastor James uh, you know, the half-brother of Jesus who didn't even believe Jesus uh, when Jesus walked on the earth until Jesus was resurrected from the dead and appeared to James. And then James believed and eventually came the pastor of a church, the church in Jerusalem that had probably, man, there's no telling how many thousands. Brother Swaggart's Expositor Study Bible says 30,000 probably members of that church, if not more, and we say that because on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 got saved. Well, what about the day after Pentecost? And two days after that, people just kept getting saved. And so the church got big, and James was the pastor of that church. And, uh, and I want to read Acts 15, 23, and 24 just to clarify something about James so we don't be too hard on him. Now, I personally do not believe James ever really fully received the message of grace for sanctification. He received it. He was a servant of Jesus Christ. He accepted that the Lord had called him. He believed in him. What he wrote is Scripture in the Bible. We shouldn't really speak negative of James, but what's obvious is obvious. He never really accepted fully the gospel, the truth of the gospel for the Jews as what was given to the Gentiles. And there, even in his heart and mind, there was a division there that the Gentiles, there's only a few things we have to send them and tell them not to partake of. But us Jews, on the other hand, we got a whole lot of stuff we got to do. And that was just wrong. And it was wrong then, it's wrong today. And so it doesn't matter. He was Jesus' half-brother, the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. It was wrong. 
And so everybody in the Bible has been wrong about something except whatever the Holy Spirit wrote in the Scriptures through them. And so watch this, Acts 15, 23, and 24. And they wrote letters by them after this manner. He's talking about the, the, the people in Jerusalem, James and the apostles and the elders there. And it says, right, the, the apostles and elders and brethren send greeting unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words subvert, subverting your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. There it is in your Bible. They sent a letter out. And now, don't forget, Paul is telling this to the Galatians. He's telling this story. He's writing this letter to the churches in Galatia because they are under attack from these ones who came out of Jerusalem. And the attack is Paul's not really who he says he is. Paul is preaching a message that will pull you away from the law. And without the law, you can't really be saved. And really, if you believe what Paul taught, then you're just... What he's really teaching, and we'll see this in a minute, what Paul is really teaching is that Christ, if you go to Christ and Christ pulls you away from the law, you're just going to be living in sin. That's what they were saying about Paul. They were trying to discredit him because he was teaching them the freedom and the liberty that comes through faith in Christ alone, and they were having a hard time letting go of the law. They were having a hard time, and you got to let go of the law, my friend. The law for us children of God is only for, uh, we, we never lose the moral practice, the moral foundation of the law. We don't steal, we don't kill, we don't commit adultery if our faith is in the cross and we're walking with the Lord. But we're not saved by the law. We're not sanctified by the law. And so they were, they were saying some pretty awful things about Paul. You know, he didn't walk with Christ. He wasn't here. He didn't do all that. He wasn't one of the disciples. And they made all this stuff up. He was under attack, not only his calling, but his message. And, and, and then when Peter is there and he gets up when he sees the people from Jerusalem coming, he gets up and leaves the Gentiles and goes to the other side of the room with the Jews because the Jewish Christians that were there with him got up and went with him. And the Bible here says in verse 13, the other Jews and the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas was also carried away with their dissimulation. And we talked last week that word dissimulation means deceit and condemnation. Because when you go back over there with them, even through fear and ignorance of what's going on, you go back under law. And the only thing under law is fear and condemnation, deceit. It's not right, but you think it is. Paul, Peter must have thought, i got to get up and get out of here and get away with them because here comes the boys from, from Jerusalem. And so fear entered his heart, and he found himself back under the law. And the law is a ministry of condemnation and death. It can't set you free. All it can do is tie you up and keep you bound. You know the law only tells you, do this. Ha-ha, you can't. Now I'm condemning you. <laughs> That's what the law does. It does, one, it does a lot of things. But the main thing the law does is it shows us how sinful we are, but it also lets us know how much we need a Savior, that we can't save ourselves. And so here, the, the, the boys, the, the apostles, elders, and the brothers in Jerusalem wrote this letter. Paul is telling, uh, you know, them, and, and, and he, he, he's letting them know here that we didn't, we didn't give any such commandment. Paul, Paul is letting the people in Galatia know, listen, no matter what they tell you, your faith has got to remain in Christ. And that's why when Peter did what he did publicly... It called for a public rebuke. I mean, Paul didn't just let that go and say, well, I'll, I'll just take care of that uh, after, you know, the end of the day. No, if Peter is going to do that to bring that kind of division publicly, then he needed to be dealt with publicly. And that's what we do today if we are being led of the Spirit. Uh, and that's what we have to do sometimes. You know, if somebody, we try not to do that, but if somebody disrupts the service... 
with a word that obviously gives a word in tongues or an interpretation, and it's obviously not edifying, it's not encouraging, and it's not a word of exhortation, then publicly somebody needs to say, that's not of God, I'm sorry. Don't want to hurt your feelings, but that's not of God. And, uh, so, and, and, and this is why. That's what you always do. You don't just say, that's not of God. And God will never do that. He'll not, he'll ne- God will never say, that's not of God. He'll say, that's not of God, and this is why. And it'll be Scripture that comes forth. He doesn't ever just show up and tell you you're wrong. He shows up and tells you, Curtis, you're wrong, and this is why. He gives you Scripture for what's right, because it's His Word that's right. Amen. So, in verse 13, the Bible says, And the other Jews also disassembled likewise with him, talking about Peter. Insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. And here we go back to what we said at the very onset of this teaching today, that people are watching you. When Peter moved because fear gripped his heart, he wasn't, Peter shows that he wasn't completely settled on faith and grace. We can be very wishy-washy. Can I get a witness? I said we can be very wishy-washy. We can't just throw rocks at Peter. I said we can be very wishy-washy. We can go back under law in the morning and be back under grace in the evening. But you can't serve both at the same time. And while you're under law, there's condemnation, there's fear, there's all sorts of things that are not of God. And uh, that's not where we want to be. It takes a literal, conscious decision to examine myself to make sure I'm in the faith of Jesus Christ. That means faith in the cross every single day. I don't have to wake up saying, my faith is in the cross, my faith is in the cross. I just, I'm going to be aware when something comes to attack me to try to move me away. And I believe Peter, through these hard and embarrassing situations, continued to learn. Peter was embarrassed lots of times in his life. Got out of the boat, walked on water, and in fear struck his heart, and he sunk. Peter apparently had a problem with fear. So does Brother Curtis and every other Christian. Fear can pop up, knock a hole in your window, <laughs> crawl through and have a hold of your heart in a, in a minute's time if you're not on guard. Guard your heart diligently, for out of it come all the issues of your life. It is a diligent, constant seeking of the Lord, not a church on Sunday and Wednesday and I got the rest of the week. No, man, I don't have any of it. I, Jesus better have a hold of me and lead me or I'm in big trouble. Fear's coming, it's going to get me and lead me back under the law. So, uh, you know, Peter was a leader. And when he jumped up and ran in fear away from the Gentiles, those who were experiencing freedom, to go back with those who were nowhere near that freedom. They were not accepting this message of Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary alone. They weren't accepting that. And it's obvious. Acts 15.1, they were there telling them, unless you're circumcised and keep the law, you cannot be saved told them, unless you're circumcised and keep the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. That's why this letter had, that letter had to be written to them. We did not send them to tell you that. It's always, you can have a good church with a good preacher and good saints, and there's somebody in that church going to go out in Walmart and start telling stuff that we ain't saying. Little disgruntled there with Brother Curtis, and you just wouldn't believe what he's saying now. Because people hear the craziest things. People have come through through Crossway Church, and, and I got word back that they're out there telling everybody all they preach is money. And I just wish somebody would show, just pull up any of the 1,500 messages I preach and tell me, show me where I preached about money. That's just that what was in their heart is I ain't giving nothing. What's in their heart is a spirit of theft. They're robbing God, so all they hear, boy, if somebody even mentions we're going to receive an offering, bless God, that's all they talk about around here. (laughs) See, God has a way of dealing with you if you have an issue, and you eventually, if you're in the flesh, you're going to think that's all they talk about. I know, I've been there, I've done that. 
If you having a problem in an area, just about, man, everything you hear, you're going to think, man, why? God, some, he's after me. He's been reading my mail. No, that's the Lord. It's not the preacher. It's not your congregation. It's the Lord trying to reach after you. And if you leave that church to go to that one, guess who's still there? <laughs> the God that lives in you that you carried over there with you. Amen. So the Jews, the other Jews, also dissembled likewise with Peter, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. And the reason the Holy Spirit put that in there is because Barnabas was an encourager. Barnabas had this truth. Barnabas was a strong believer and follower of, of the gospel that Paul preached. And, and uh, so the, when the Holy Spirit says that insomuch that even... Barnabas was also carried away with their deceitful condemnation, the, 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 the fear and the law that was presented there, the bondage. It was a terrible thing. And what we see here more than anything is a bad case of double-mindedness on the behalf of Peter. And he dragged Barnabas into that sinking boat with him. And I don't like thinking back all those years I was not preaching the Word of God in truth, the truth of the gospel, walking in the love of the truth, just, just preaching and teaching the Word with words that just floated. There was no words that formed sound doctrine. It did not all point to Calvary to make it the truth. It was, it was me holding all those years holding God's Word in an unrighteous status. And I want you to know, I'll admit it today, God was opposing all that I used His Word for. Faith could not function all those years. People could be saved, but they could never find a place of power in living for God uh, because that we didn't know what to pe preach to, to obtain that. We preached works, so we preached law. And, and so people followed me. Where'd they follow me? Into bondage, into chains, just like the Jews that were there with Peter and Barnabas followed Peter right back into condemnation and a, and a deceitful way. And that's, it's a very uh, eye-awakening thing for us to realize people are following you. The question is, where are you leading them? As a child of God, you are leading people into the deception you're in or into the freedom and the liberty you're in. One of the two. There's not a third choice. It's either, either we're in bondage because we're deceived and believing something deceitful, or and people are following us into that. Churches are full. You go to any church, they're following what that preacher's preaching. And he's either preaching the Word of God in truth, which means at the end of every service they've come to the conclusion the cross of Christ is the answer, or they leave at the end of the service saying, i got to try a little harder. i got to do these three things. If I'll just get these things down, then God will. And that's law. And people follow people into bondage, or they follow them into liberty. The question is again, what are we in? Because if Peter got up, moved by those he'd have been associated with in the past, see, that's a problem the church has today. Those of us coming out of all the legalism, the, the law, and we're coming into grace, and all of a sudden we're around our kinfolk, or we're around some of those people we used to go to church with. And listen, you need not be intimidated around them. Your stance in this gospel should have them intimidated, not you. You're the ones walking in liberty. They're bound. I didn't say you were better than them, but you were not. But we are living in the liberty. That's why they came all the way there to make you feel like you felt. That's why they showed up there. Really, behind the scenes, Paul told it. They come in to those meetings they had in Jerusalem. You'll read this in the book of Acts. To spy out their liberty. To get them out of it. And we'll see some of that. Peter bound in fear. Peter was found involved in three, really, three different sins in this situation. Because when you move from grace, when you move from faith in the cross to faith in anything else, even if it's fear that moves you, you're back in sin. Because if you go back under the law, we'll see it if we make it there by July, just two or three verses away. If, if you go back under law, you become a transgressor again. And when he was moved by fear and went back under the law, associating himself with Jews, his heritage now, his denomination was more important than the liberty. 
who he's been and his daddy and his granddaddy and his great-granddaddy had been other than just the liberty that I have now in Christ. It'll hold you in bondage in a denomination. It'll hold you in a bondage of something instead of just gathering with those who have like precious faith, the faith, enjoying the liberty and the freedom, able to worship God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Watch this. Peter stepped back in the place of a transgressor under the law, and really he was hypocritical. He said one thing while he did something else. He was there preaching liberty, but when, when the people from James Church came, Jerusalem, he got up and left them, walked away, and people followed him out of the liberty he had. He was a hypocrite at the moment. He followed the crowd just because they put pressure on him, and that's why they came. That the, the people from Jerusalem, the Judaizers, that group, that sect out of Jerusalem, came, and they came to put pressure on, on, the, on the, the Christians there that were living in liberty. They just didn't believe it. And so he, 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 was a, he became hypocritical. He followed the crowd. And uh, thirdly, he esteemed other people above others. He esteemed that group of people above the Gentiles. But you got to look back and imagine, I mean, Gentiles had just been, woo, man, just sinner of sinners of sinners. And the Jews had the law. The Jews had been raised up through Abraham. God called Abram and, and built a nation and, and gave them the Word of God even before Abram. The Word of God was coming through a people that would be known as the Jewish people. And, uh, and the Messiah, Jesus, would come through them. And so, man, you've got to look at, but, you, you, but even all that, you've got to be careful not to find yourself walking in a place that's called respecter of persons because the Bible says that's a sin. I mean, when they come wearing nice suits and they look very glamorous and you invite them down to sit on the platform, but the guy comes in old T-shirt and blue jeans and you just, well, just get a seat back there anywhere, son. We'll be all right. <laughs> Yeah, but and that, we do that because we judge outwardly. And we should just judge righteously. That means according to the Word. And I here have written in my notes that I've been, just like Peter, while professing to know God, denying Him in my works. Titus 1.16 says, They profess they know God, but they deny Him in their works. And see, it's not marijuana and Jack Daniels that's considered the works here. It's works that think I'm working in myself into salvation or works that I think I'm sanctifying myself now. Listen, not only are we not justified by the law, we're not sanctified by the law. The only thing we are by the law is condemned to death. That's all we are by the law is condemned to death. And I thank God for that, for the knowledge of that. <laughs> Amen. So Paul is found standing alone, contending for the truth of the gospel once again. Peter gets up and leaves him. Some of the other Jews get up and leave him. Barnabas even leaves him. So there's Paul standing by himself again. Think about this vessel that God used. And I'm not exalting Paul. I'm exalting the Spirit of God that dwelt in Paul. Because that's the only way, if you're by yourself, you're going to make it. If you're left standing all alone and everybody's just saying, look at him, he's so pitiful, just all that cross stuff, that'll make you feel about that tall and left out and misused and abused. But I'm telling you, if you've got the Spirit of God in you, dwelling in you, abiding in you, and your faith is in the cross, he will empower you to do this, my friend. You need to hear this. First of all, he will show you the reality of the situation. And the reality of the situation is not that you're defeated because there's more of them and you're all by yourself. The reality of the situation is I know what I have in Christ whether everybody else knows it, sees it, understands it or not. 
Most of the church does not understand what Paul preached, what we preach. Therefore, they reject that. Whether it's to hang on to their denomination, hang on to their grandfather, hang on to the things they've always done. Listen, this, this letter to the Galatian churches, as I've said initially today, is as relevant, if not more, for the church today than ever before. Because we have been bound under so many things. I speak from experience. I preached for years nothing but works and law, using God's Word to do it, to keep people bound under the law. But today we can hold God's Word in truth and it become liberty, the law of liberty that James wrote. That God's Word can actually be God's word of liberty, God's law of liberty for us. So you've got to think about Apostle Paul. He's over and over finds himself in big-time trouble. He's here, they just get up and leave him. And don't you know how that must have made him feel? be like me preaching here on a Sunday morning, everybody in the house stand up and say, we don't want this anymore. We believed it was good for 13 years, but it's time to move on, Brother Curtis. And whoever was saying that, I would say, you need to sit down. I have somewhat to say to you. And if the praise and worship team came down off the platform and said, we don't want no more of it either, we're all wanting to move past the preaching of the cross. I, all I could do is simply tell you the truth again. Amen. One last time, hopefully not, before I left or before we repented and moved on in victory. And let me say it again. If your faith is in the cross and you will fight to maintain, it's called the good fight of faith, but you must fight. It's called a good fight. Why? Because a good fight is one you're not losing. You can't lose the fight of faith. Faith can never lose because it works by love, and love cannot fail. Amen. So if we will just fight the good fight of faith, if all our relatives, if all the church, if whoever has been walking, even within the liberty that we've been experiencing, when they fall back under the law through fear or whatever, we can see the reality of the situation that's taken place. Not condemning them, but rebuking them. Publicly, if need be, like he did. Amen. Verse 14, but when I saw, there's the confirmation of what I'm saying. But when I saw, you see, Paul saw something none of the rest of them saw. When I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. I'm going to tell you this morning, that wasn't in Peter's mind. That wasn't in the mind of those that got up and left with Peter, not even in the mind of Barnabas. There was still so much doubt and confusion there uh, being presented mainly in the other people because Peter got up and doubted and left. I still got to hang with these people from Jerusalem. That's, that's more important than this liberty I've got. That's what he said in his actions. And that's what people say that stay in churches that are not preaching the cross. They know what they have in Christ, but they keep clinging to that sect, that thing, that group, that name, that whatever. You've got to get up and you've got to get out because if you won't, you're affecting other people negative, negatively. No, you are not helping them. Peter wasn't helping anybody. But... By deciding to go back with those he'd always been with. I just want to stay. I can have the liberty even with them. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can, it's offered to you. It's there to walk in. But you can't walk in it. And Peter proved he was not walking in it when he left and went to join the ranks of the legalists, the Judaizers. And Paul says to the churches in Galatia here, But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. And this is why Brother Greg, Greg and Amanda's here with us this morning. I asked him if they brought some of that Hunt pizza. <laughs> Hunt's pizza. And we're glad to have them this morning. And, uh, but this, this, is, this is the truth. They, they, they didn't, this, this shows us, and this is why it takes so long to teach, because we get hung up. You can look at this one verse right here, and this one verse tells you that you cannot walk uprightly before the Lord without the truth of the gospel. 
the truth of the God. What is the, as we talked about in our series we're doing here at Crossway Church, the power of God's love, and Wednesday night we talked a little bit about receiving the love of the truth. People perish, the Bible says, because they would not receive the love of the truth. And really, that really, I believe, is referring to the born-again experience. Because when you're born again, you accept what Christ did on the cross for you, your sins, and He who is love moves in. So therefore, you have received the love that's imparted due to the truth you have believed. That's what I believe. And then, but then you have to learn to walk and abide in Christ, abide in that love of the truth. Instead of just the truth, just the, the correctional part of the truth. No, the love of the truth. It's, it's there to be talked about a whole lot more. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all. Why did he say it before them all? Because they. See the word they? When I saw that they, so they needed to hear. If you come to me after church one day and, and tell me something that's false, I'm not going to say, hey, hold up, everybody. I want to show y'all how wrong somebody can be. That's dumb. I'm going to deal with that person one-on-one, -on -one, or they're going to correct me. Could go that way, one-on-one, -on -one, because I can be corrected. Everybody can be corrected. If you can't, you're stuck in a rut. But if somebody jumps up in the congregation and spouts out something that's wrong, then the Holy Spirit's going to give somebody the word of truth to trump that, to put that down. And, and, and that's why he said, And I said unto Peter before them all, If you being a Jew live after the manner of Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, you're no longer living like the Jews, Peter. You're living like the Gentiles. You're enjoying the freedom and the liberty. Now, you're not hung up and you can't eat this and you can't eat that and you, you got to do this on that day and, you know, all these legalistic things that pointed to Christ. Why do you compel the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? And that's exactly what he did by jumping up and running over there to be with them. He was saying, and this, this really, think about this, your actions speak louder than your words. Because like our kids, our kids really, they hear what we say, but they watch what we do. If I say, if you do that again, I'm going to discipline you. And we don't discipline them when they do that again. They watched what we didn't do, and therefore they're going to keep doing that. And they watch what we do. We, we, you know, God forbid that Christians would, 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 you know, buy movies to watch at home and, and buy some for the kids. And then we can't watch these with the kids. We got to put them to bed to watch these. Listen, they don't need to be watched. And the kids know that mom and daddy's in there watching something I, I, should, I shouldn't be watching. I kind of got an idea what that is. And, you know, I can't wait to get grown so I can watch them kind of movies. The way we live speaks volumes. Amen. So, and Peter getting up and leaving those who he had been enjoying true liberty, fellowship, freedom with the Gentiles because we're all free in Christ. Nobody higher or lower than the other one. We're all, man, there are no female, male, bond-free, black, white, no color in the kingdom. Just liberty and freedom for all. And when he got up and he went back to be with the legalists because he was scared of them, feared them, then it spoke volumes. And uh, we have to be careful about that. And I believe with all my heart, that's why most preachers, when they hear the message of the cross, if they've been called by God in the first place to be a true minister, this message registers with them. They, they're not going to refute what they're hearing because it is the Word of God in truth. And, and they might come to the conclusion, well, some need that, but we don't really need that. But even that's a bad conclusion because there's no other way than the way of Christ and what He did at Calvary to be saved or to live saved. But a lot of preachers today fear their congregation. Fear is always involved. Fear I might lose my salary. Fear I might be run off. Fear they might stop giving. Fear. There's some kind of fear there. And if you let fear operate in your life, it ruins your freedom and liberty. It robs you of that. 
So there's going to be people that don't like you. You're going to have to learn to live with that. There's going to be people that leave your church. You're going to have to learn to live with that. Because the freedom and the liberty we have in Christ is greater than the money they're given. Greater than the position we have in the pulpit. It's the, the liberty we have in Christ is greater than anything we can do. Amen. So we don't fear those who come in and give thousands of dollars and then tr- try to uh, speak their wisdom into our ear. We just, you know, I, you know, the spirit we're of, we just say we'll pray about all that. And then the spirit they're of says, i got to get out of here. I guess I'm not going to gain any ground here. And then they go across town where they can give all their money and they can be a big wig and they can tell how the church runs. And there you have your typical last day's church, people and their money running the church instead of the Holy Spirit through the truth. Amen. So I'm going to read to you three references here from the Scripture that uh, will always be a part of robbing us of our liberty in Christ. There's, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, I, could, I could have just taken the next two months on these kind of things, but just uh, for the sake of time. Galatians 4.9 is the first one that says, But now, after that you have known God, or rather are known of God... How turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? See, this is the reason I'm giving you these three scriptures is because this is what Peter, even in his watch this, not in his forefront of his thinking, but listen, this is what was happening. It ain't about what you think is happening. It's about what's happening really in the mind of God and the way God sees things. When the Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, it means Noah found grace in the way that God sees grace is found. Through the sacrifice. So it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter how you feel. All that matters is how God is viewing your situation. And we can learn that only in the Word. Not in our feelings and emotions. We can, only, we can learn how God is viewing the situations in our life through the Word that we have been given. So watch this, but now after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, how are you turning again to the weak and beggarly elements, which is what Peter was saying, I'm teaming up with again, whereunto you desire, watch this is powerful, whereunto you desire again to be in bondage. Now watch this, with the forefront of your mind, you're not saying, I want to be in bondage. Peter did not jump up and say, everybody want to go back to bondage? Follow me. He didn't do that. But God saw it that way. God saw it that way. Because God used Paul to bring the reality into the, of what was happening, of that situation, into being. And, and, and listen, this, this one verse is so powerful because it tells us, even if we're not aware of it, our desire is to be in bondage again. We might say, no, I, I, I'm not desiring to be in bondage, but, you know, I'm, you know, but I, I, I believe that, 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 yes, we're saved through the blood of Jesus, but we all, if we're not water baptized, we're not really saved. If we're not circumcised, we're not really saved. If, if we're not this, if we're not that, we're not really saved. That the blood is really, <coughs> wasn't enough. Just my faith in that wasn't enough. And that's what they taught. They even went more than that. They said, if you're not circumcised, you're not even saved. It wasn't Christ plus circumcision. They said, if you're not circumcised, you're not even saved. Unless you follow the law of Moses. So, but, but the Word of God says here, if we, if we turn away from faith in what liberated us and gave us the freedom we have, which is faith in the cross of Christ alone, and we, like Peter, jump back, even if it's through fear and an unawareness of what's happening our own selves... It's God seeing us desiring to go back to bondage. Think about that. We would never say it. We would never sign up for bondage, but that's where we're headed, and God sees it in our hearts as a desire to be in bondage. You know, I've been telling Robin, my wife, something here lately, and it's so sad. You can go to places like Walmart or just about anywhere today, and you see people, you see people just beat down, rode hard, and beaten up by life. So many of them that that's become a lifestyle that they're proud of. They don't, know, they don't even know they're in bondage. They think that's just who they are, and it's become cool because there's so many of us. Listen, 
They're in bondage by alcohol, drugs, adultery, fornication, lying. Man, they're like legion. They got thousands of devils controlling their lives. Thousands. But there's freedom and deliverance in Christ Jesus. And there are those on the earth today, just like Paul was then, who have eyes to see those who are being robbed of their liberty. And my friend, it's those who God has been able to bring back to the sea in place, which is faith in Christ alone. Nobody else has eyes to see. You didn't have eyes to see, Jesus told Nicodemus, and you can't, you can't enter the kingdom or even see it until you're born again, John 3, 3, and 5. You can't enter it or you can't even see it, nothing about it, that natural man can't understand the spiritual things of God. So when you were born again, bang, you had eyes to see. But then later you see in Peter's writings that you can go blind if you forget you were purged from your old sins. If you turn away from looking at Calvary, then you'll go blind again. And when you go blind, listen, you're really saying, I desire to go back into bondage. That's the way God sees it. Watch this. See the subtle deceitfulness of the heart as our desires are turned to bondage again, and we aren't even aware of it without the confrontation, conviction, and conviction of the Holy Spirit. If Paul wouldn't have been there in that meeting that day, there's no telling what would have happened. If there wouldn't have been a confrontation that led to conviction in Peter's heart and a repentance and then converting again where Peter could get back in that place and see what was really going on there, there's no telling what would have happened. That's another reason Paul had to deal with that publicly. That's another reason God has given Brother Swagger a worldwide ministry to tell the truth and to make certain rebukes online to teach the truth and stand against what is not the truth. The perversions that uh, men are standing in pulpits and throwing out, killing the flock of God. And the devil hates it. The devil hates it. And uh, and I'm just thankful to, to have eyes to see today. It ain't because I decided to pry them open. It's because I was broken and contrite and didn't know which way to go. And the love of God came to me again and said, You're wrong, Curtis, but I'll show you what's right. But you've got to accept it when he brings it to you. Peter had to accept the rebuke that God gave him through Paul. It can't just be a Paul thing. It's got to be a God is dealing with me here through Paul. And you've got to accept God dealing with you today through what Paul wrote in the Scriptures, just like Peter had to accept it right there in the flesh. There's no difference. You have to accept. And when you start ripping stuff out of the Bible, like some churches have done, saying Paul really didn't have the revelation that we can have today, then you're excusing God from your life. Because you will not, like Peter, accept the confrontation or the conviction. You'll write it off for I know better. But you've got the truth right here. You can stand on the Word, and the Word will become liberty to you. The Word will give you the way of liberty. Amen. Second scripture I want to read to you is Ephesians 4.14 that says that we from now on be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Again, we have a scripture here. Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus. The same exact warning against those who showed up in Antioch. Just like that. Listen, there's folks still showing up in our Antioch of today. Making phone. Man, people have called my house and left messages. You should not have any ministers from Family Worship Center come and minister in your church. They are full of the devil. And I'm like, Who is full of the devil here? (laughs) The people that are preaching the cross, pointing to the cross? Or people who would point to something else? Think about that. You get all kind of people calling your house telling you who's the devil and who's of the devil. Well, listen, I got a Bible. And I, like Paul, have the same spirit of God he had. And if I'll keep my faith in what gives me eyes to see, then I can see what's happening in the situations when they're happening. I don't have to slap somebody because they slap me. I can see why they slap me and love them right through it and maybe take two steps back so I don't get slapped again. 
you know, a little wisdom there, but I can see what's going on instead of jumping in that sinking boat with them. Mm. That we, from now on, be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. And I have written here in my notes, I just pinned it in in my office before we came over here this morning, every wind of doctrine is to take people under the law. There's a difference between the wind of doctrine and the form of doctrine. Wind just blows stuff every direction. Form of doctrine, a form of doctrine forms something in that doctrine. Wind, wind, all winds of doctrine will blow you just all over the place. And it says that here, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning, cunning craftiness. Cunning, that, that cunning craftiness. They can get in the pulpit and they can speak things that will hypnotize the congregation and make you think that really that message you've been hearing all these years about the cross, yes, it is right, but when they bring that but, but they, are, they have such cunning craftiness, they can speak words that if you are not on guard will draw you right out of your liberty. I have no doubt about it. I have no doubt that I don't care what church it is grounded in preaching the message of the cross. If you get your feelings hurt, you might have been there 15, 20 years. If you get your feelings hurt because you're not guarding your heart, if you get your feelings hurt and you say, well, I'll just show them I'll visit this church church over town, across town over here, and I, you know, I'll just show them, and you get over there, the devil will make you think, see see the liberty you've been missing, do you see, you're not listening to all that just cross, 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 listen, you need to hear all this other stuff too, but it all started with an offense or fear or something, you got to guard your heart, my friend, because if you ever get away from the preaching of the cross, there's such cunning craftiness there that will make you think that was good, but yes, I need more than that. While you're here, you're shouting hallelujah and amen, but you better guard your heart because there's coming a day, the pastor that you love today, you may hate one day if you don't guard your heart. Tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Hmm. Last one is Hebrews 13, 9 and 10. The Bible here says, Be not carried about with various and strange doctrines. All winds of doctrines, various and strange doctrines, are doctrines that point you away from the truth, point you away from Calvary. They use God's Word, yes, but they do not use it in truth because the devil who is behind every wind and strange doctrine will never preach the truth of God's Word. Because he cannot stand anybody being saved by truth or living by, in the freedom that the truth gives them daily. He can't stand it. He will never, the devil will use God's Word every Sunday. But he will not preach the liberty of God's Word every Sunday. He won't do it. He can't do it. Because it stands against all that defeated him. And keeps him in a defeated place in our life. Praise God. Be not carried about with diverse, which means various and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Do you see here he's relating two different things that are contrary to each other? Grace being established with grace and strange doctrines. Two different things. The only message that establishes in grace is the message of Christ and Him crucified, Hebrews 2, 9, that says, Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for all men. Shows us the only avenue by which we receive and ourselves taste of that same death. You understand that? The faith He died by, the grace in which He tasted death by, as our representative man, it's that faith that saves, it's that taste, that same taste of death that we taste through our faith in Him. And that is what the Bible means when it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, because there is no seeing the Lord is good until you taste of His death. That's the tasting. There ain't no taste. Well, yeah, that church over there, man, I went and tasted. Oh, God is good. That praise and worship was just awesome. No, my friend, unless your faith is in the death of Jesus, you're not tasting of the Lord. 
Jesus said, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. He shows us what has to be eaten and drink and drank. Amen. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them. Boy, don't you know when the Jewish people read this in Jerusalem, some of those Judaizers, well, we're just not going for this. Because Paul is standing against everything we've ever known. Because they didn't, they wouldn't. It's not, never the case that they couldn't, it's always they wouldn't receive what Paul was teaching. And because they never received what Paul was preaching, 70 years later, after Jesus left, the Lord wiped out the temple and got rid of all that for them since they wouldn't turn from it their own selves. And he'll do that for you. <laughs> Amen. He's coming. The Lord's coming. It's a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. We have an altar, speaks of the cross. We, that's our altar now. We don't build a box and, and, and cover it in gold and, and all these things like the Old Testament. Our altar is the cross of Christ. We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. If you're caught up under the law, you cannot partake of the cross. You can, but you've got to come out when you do. You come out from the law, and you need to learn to live. You come out when you're born again. When you're born again, you have been redeemed from the law. When you're born again, you've been redeemed from the law. But if you're hearing that you've got to do these three things or these 30 things to live for God and to find victory, then that person has led you right back under the law. And, and my friend, you need to be careful about that. And, and, and under the law, if you choose to live under the law, you have no right and no way to partake of Christ. And this very letter reveals that when you get over into uh, uh, chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, which I believe, and I'll say it again today, that more and more preachers are going to begin to preach out of this book, this letter, than ever before. We're going to see a great, great uh, pull by the Holy Spirit to the book of Romans and the book of Galatians in these last days like never before because the church is off track. We've jumped up and we've ran back under the law because of our relatives and our whatever, our past, historical, uh, all these things. There's so many preachers today that will listen to what Brother Curtis is saying, Brother Swaggart, some of these other ministers preaching the truth, and they will say, Amen, that's right. But you know what? They're just not willing to let go. They value those relationships from the past more than they value just a turning away and letting go and beginning to preach the truth of God's Word. They have all these thoughts. Well, I won't have a retirement if I get away from this. I won't have... What about God being in charge? What about we, we get up and we preach Moses? Eighty years old going into Egypt. And all Abraham and all we preach, but we ain't believing it. We're not believing it. We're standing on things we've got to hold on to other than Christ and what he did at Calvary because we think we've got to play a part in this in some natural way other than just trusting in Christ. And we value relationships just like Peter the rebuke today is to you, my friend. Just like Peter, you value, and I did it at one time myself. And that's why it's so hard to come out. Because relationships have a stronghold on our lives. Might be your mother. And you should have a relationship with your mother, a loving relationship. But if she's wrong, or your son is wrong, you've got to take a stand over the relationship. And if you can't do that... And it's not really unity you're experiencing. And it's not really the love of Christ you're experiencing. And it's not really the truth you're walking in. If you can't rise up and be an example and a witness, then your faith is really not what you think it is. Peter had to be confronted. He had to be convicted. And he had to be converted again. 
See, the life of Peter should tell us it's not just a one-time thing. It's a constant thing of checking, examining, judging my own self, not others. Examining, checking my own self, my own to see if I'm in the faith. Because I'm not in control of anybody else. Even those that are following me, the only way... And we, I shouldn't even use the word control, but there is a control in the church. But it's over my own self. I have to make sure I'm in the faith. That means faith in the cross alone. And then I'll know that those that are following me are at least learning to live in liberty. How many of you know the fullness of this liberty and the fullness of this freedom? You're not going to know it until you see Christ. You're, 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 you should be growing in your knowledge of that. But you're not going to reach the perfected knowledge of that till you see the one who is our liberty and our freedom. And to be who you're going to be, you're not ever going to be in this life. You're not ever going to be in this life on this side of glory what you're going to be when you see Him. But that's not an excuse to shut it down and use that for, for the flesh. That's something to say, yes, that might be right, and I believe that, but tomorrow I want more than I've got today. I want to be a greater witness tomorrow than I am today. I want to have a greater stance and determination for the truth of the gospel tomorrow than I do today. And even if I have to come out from among people I've been with 20 years, I want to be in this story. And I want to tell you something, you're in this story. You may be the Paul that's bringing the rebuke, or you may be the Peter that needs the rebuke, or you may be one of those following a leader who's getting the rebuke but let me tell you something you're in the story you cannot excuse yourself from the story you have no option you're in the story if you're a christian and i just want the best for you just like the lord does that's why we have these bible studies where listen if we were after your money like some people say then then i sure wouldn't be talking about what i'm talking about because folk get mad when you tell the truth they get mad but if they're going to walk in the faith, that's right. They've got to get over it like Peter did. Can you get over it today? Not only can you get over it, can you walk in the truth and the liberty and the freedom that was granted you through the cross? Praise God. We love you. God bless you. I pray this week will be a fabulous week for your life as you allow the truth you've heard today to be applied to your heart in Jesus' name. See you next week.